want to welcome you today uh, to the Children and Families Education Circle. want to welcome all of our partners today and thank you so much for joining us uh, for this evening. We do have a guest presenter here with us on this evening, so we're really excited about this opportunity to come to you live, and we are live this evening via Zoom. We are also live this evening via Facebook, and also we're streaming live via Podbean. So welcome. We're welcoming our audience. We do have a global audience. Thank you so much. In honor of National Speech and Hearing Month, we wanted to bring this presentation to you on this evening. Recently, if you've connected with the Children and Families Education Circle, our last discussion was in reference to whether or not the right to read is a social justice issue. And I believe we concluded our discussion that the majority of us agreed that yes, uh, the right to read and literacy is a social justice issue. And so tonight we're going to continue to empower families. We want to motivate you to Make sure that you're staying on top of what it is that maybe you need to do with our young children, because we will talk a little bit about pre-literacy, early intervention. We'll talk a little bit about normal language development. Well, our guest presenter this evening is none other than Mrs. Paulette Robinson Gully, and she is the owner of PYR Services. She is the owner of PYR services. And so we want to thank Mrs. Gully for being with us on this evening. And so if you are with Mount Olive Ministries, we're going to ask you to please join us via Facebook Live and log off of the uh, out of Zoom. We're going to ask you if you're with Mount Olive Ministries this evening to please log out of the Zoom and join us via Facebook Live. That way we only have the pres the presenters on the screen. So thank you so much. Well, who is Paulette Robinson Gully? Let's find out who she is. She is the owner and clinical director, looking at my notes here, of PYR Services LLC. She has over 25 years of experience working in a variety of settings in the field of speech language pathology. And for all of those speech pathologists out there, we want to just give a shout out to Ms. Gully. This is awesome to have a speech pathologist highlighted and to bring our presentation live to us this evening uh, during National Speech and Hearing Month. She is currently licensed in the state of Illinois, holds a certification of clinical competence with the American Speech and Hearing Association, and as we refer to it as ASHA. She has an abundance of knowledge and understanding in speech language pathology, and she loves to share what she has learned with others. We are just so honored to have her here on this evening. When we think about speech and language, oftentimes I, I say to my students in, in teaching, 
Most people look at a speech language pathologist and you think, or a speech therapist and think, oh, something must be wrong with me. My speech must be broken. Well, when we look at and define speech versus what is language, what is speech versus what is language? Speech is how we say our sounds and words. So speech would include articulation, how we make speech sounds using our mouth, our lips, our tongue. We refer to those as articulators. Also, speech is voice, how we use our vocal folds and breath to make sounds. Also, our voice can be loud or soft or high or low pitch. These are some examples. We can hurt our voice by talking too much, yelling or coughing. So you would be in need of, if it's vocal misuse or abuse, you may be in need of a skilled speech language pathologist. Uh, speech is also fluency. Uh, this is the rhythm of our speech. We sometimes repeat sounds or pause while talking. People do this uh, a lot of times and they may also stutter or have disfluent speech versus what is language. So we just define speech. Now, what is language? Language refers to words we use and how we use them to share ideas and get what we want. For example, language may include what a word means, syntax. Uh, it, it, it also may include some words may have more than one meaning. We refer to those as multiple meaning words. How to use or make new words, how to put words words together, uh, what we should say at different times. You know, sometimes you're trying to think of what it is that you want to say, like word retrieval. And so tonight we have an expert here. Uh, Miss, Miss Gully is an expert, so she's going to expound on her knowledge. She will also talk to us tonight about the parent being the first teacher in the home. That means when our little babies are with us, when they begin to coo, to babble, they are, uh, we are the first teacher in the home. There are critical questions, moms and dads who are listening this evening, critical questions. So in, in having a concern, Knowing that you may be concerned about your your little one, your toddler, because we're going to really talk about early intervention tonight. Uh, there are parent giver concerns. And so whenever you are seeking advice, uh, maybe you're going to an early intervention center, make sure that you bring pertinent information. Uh, so that we will have that again. We're going to ask uh, those with Mount Olive Ministries if yes, uh, if you would join us via the Podbean and or the Facebook Live uh, so that it only shows two presenters on the screen, if you would help us tonight. Uh, Andrea is a little bit challenged in that area, so I'm not quite sure of how to make that work. So we're going to ask you if you would join us live via Podbean, if somebody would put that in the ministry group chat. Join us via Podbean. We're streaming live now and or Facebook Live. And so we want to also make sure that we're gathering information, gathering information so that you're ready for your appointment, ready for your appointment. When we think about normal language development, I'm sure Ms. Gully is going to hit a little bit of that as well. And so again, tonight, she is the expert. We are welcoming her tonight. So Ms. Gully, this show is yours tonight. We are just so honored uh, to have you here. Again, this uh, presenter is none other than Paulette. Robinson Gully, and she is the owner, clinical director of PYR Services. Let's receive her now. Thank you. Ms. Gully? 
Well, thank you so much for that introduction and also basic information about what is species pathology and thank you for allowing others to know about it. Um, I um from Chicago and love the field. So I want to talk to you about who I am. I went to Texas Southern University for undergrad and then I followed up to go to Hampton University for grad school. When I heard about the profession, I was just ecstatic. One, I love helping people. Second is that I just like working with individuals to improve um, any kind of disorder they have. And so I first started off wanting to go into psychology, and I felt that psychology would be the thing that I could help. But when I heard about speech pathology and how it can work with adults as well as kids, that was just right up my alley. Um, so then in, after graduating from Hampton University, I went on back home to Chicago and right, pretty quickly started my own practice. And with doing that, we started working with children. And I found out working with children was a task because it's, they needed help. And I only had two hands and trying to help them out was difficult. And I needed parents' involvement as well as I needed a staff of people that can help me out. So we started off working um, myself individually going to homes. And so like Andrea mentioned, I work primarily with early intervention, but I do also do school age kids, but very little, but mostly my heart and my passion is with early intervention. So with that being said, I would work with parents and they would say, hey, what else can I do to help my child develop? And I would try to give them techniques and tips and ideas, then they would take it and they would run with it but they still felt confused or what to do next when working with their child. And so with that being said, I put together some information that I felt was very valuable that we use in speech pathology already. So if there's any speech pathologists on here, the things I talked to you about today, you're gonna to say, we do that already. But it's just a parent that doesn't have that knowledge. And so giving that parent that information was very valuable and making it very simple for them so they can kind of take it up in nuggets and pieces um, and they can kind of uh, dissect that information. So let me talk to you about what I did. I'm going to share my screen. I don't know if the people on um, Facebook Live can see screens. I'm not for sure. But if so, I want to just kind of show them um, some visuals of what I did. So this is what the logo looks like. It's called Merrily Model, the book that I developed. And what that was is, if you can see, it took me yes. some time to figure out how can I make this thing so it can be really something that a parent can see visuals. I'm a visual person, so that's one reason why I want to put this up on the screen. But one thing is, this, the characters right here are called Mary and Lee, and the model is called Merrily. So it was kind of a point, a point for me to make sure that I had two figures that can navigate through the book to show you exactly what to do. So if you get the book, which is called Merrily Model, and it's available on Amazon, you will have these two little cute little characters that can help you um, understand the whole process. And so the first thing is when you think of Merrily, you think of roll, roll, roll your boat gently down the streams. And that just brings everyone to be happy. Everyone loves that song that we all learned and sung when we were in school. Um, and so that was appropriate for me when I had to come up with different acronyms to discuss how to help your child. And so the first one is, is M, which is Merrily, um, which is modeling. I'm sorry about that. And you see this little girl here, 
and she's pretty much just having a little screen um, uh, mirror, and she's modeling what she sees. And that's what we do when we want a child to use a word or use some language. We want to model first. What do we want that person to do? Um, and so that might be an example. If I want you to say some sounds, and that's the first steps of language development, is if I say ba ba ba, I want to model that sound and then have that individual model it back to me. And then when you're going back to kids who are older, it might be modeling to expand. So they are might already say cat, but now you want to say my cat or the cat. And so you're going to model that information. And that kind of goes to the next thing, which is called expansion. And so that's a little girl and she has if you all, all did as a child, we would just make a little paper mache and we'll cut it up and make it bigger and bigger and bigger. And that's called expanding. So when a person says one word, they'll start expanding to another word. So you want to always expand. Or if they're saying one sound, you want to expand that to another sound. So we're going to go with expansion. And so that's why we use that young lady called Mary, um, Lee, Mary to express that sound of expansion. So the next one we go to is R, which the next step is primarily model when we want to reinforce. So he's hammering something and you know when you're hammering something you're kind of making sure that you put it in there and you're making sure that it's going to work for that, um, it's going to stick. So we're going to work with that part. We're going to actually just say it over and over again and making sure that that child understands what you're exactly saying. Um, so just to kind of stop you right there, that's an example of how I developed the Merrily model. I can kind of go into detail, but I want to stop right there to kind of explain that part to you. So back to the whole um, book, Merrily model, and the roll, roll your boat, and making sure that it's not something that is pressure or um, for you to feel that, it's going to be hard work, but it's an easy process. If you ever seen that song, you know, it's just an easy thing. I'm rowing my boat and taking my time to make sure that things are happening in the development of your child. Um, and so we use these different techniques to do that. The next thing that we want to make sure that the final thing, and I really want to and, and give to parents is the, the last one of Merrily, which is you and your youngster, which is a why part. And that's the really big part of why I put together the whole, whole book. It's to make sure that you and your youngster come together and you can kind of help with that development. So we work with stuff like listen to your child, making sure you're listening to see exactly what that child is doing. You want to give your child some emotions like happiness, sadness, to express how they feel and things like that. You also want to present questions in the simplest format. So if you ask a child something like, what's that? You might have to just point and just point to it. So be very simple in how you express yourself to that child too. Um, definitely you want to reward that child. Um, if they're saying any sound or words that you like or you don't like, be very descriptive and saying, yay, good job, or try to help them improve on that skill that they're doing already. Everyone wants praise. We just live on praise for praise. And so that's very important for a child to get that because once they do, they know how to kind of continue that. Also, you want to make sure that you use 
inflections like singing. Singing is the number one thing to use with your child. I love music because one is repetitive. You can say it over and over and over again. So you have those sounds that you can keep going and going, and that makes it really nice. Also, you want to make sure that you respond. So even if a child is trying to say something in a song and it's not clear, emphasize that and say, hey, good job that you're trying to do this. That's that reinforcement. That's that positive um, praise that they want to get also. Um, and then you want to make sure you're asking questions like, what are you doing? What's happening? Because you want to make sure that they're interested part of this communication. So if they're doing something, you want to ask those questions so they can begin to understand what WH questions are, how you can implement that. So they might say eating, they might say sleeping, or they might just say cracker. And then they understand that they're responding back to you, which is also important in the development of your child. Um, so when we talk about that, we want to always maximize every opportunity. So you feel like, hey, I'm doing all this stuff, but how do I really use it in my everyday activities with my child? And so let's just say you're driving down the street and you see something in the street. You want to make sure you capture those moments. If you see a tree, oh, wow, look, tree. Or you might say the tree, the person's in the tree. So every daily activities in your life are always called maximizing the moment. So every moment, even if you're washing the child's face, you can identify body parts. You can uh, also let them know what they're doing. You're brushing your teeth, so you're showing actions. Um, if they're combing their hair, you can always do that too. So that's very important to always remember that. So how do you use modeling or the Merely Model um, program when you maximize a moment? So let's say he's putting on his shoes. You want to model, you're putting on shoes, so then he's understanding what's happening. And then if he says shoe, you want to say mommy shoes, big shoe. So now you're taking the whole moment of him getting dressed and you're expanding on what happens. The next thing you want a repetition, you want to repeat it over and over again. That's how we learn. If you gave me Spanish, I wouldn't understand it. But if you said it over and over to me, I would totally get it. So repetition is good understanding. So repeating to that child that word banana banana. And now he's thinking, man, every time mommy shows me this object, she always says banana. Then you associate the two and say, hmm, that must be what I say when I want that. I'll say banana. And then, of course, when the child says it, you're like, hey, you said banana. And then you're doing that positive reinforcement we talked about. And then again, I mentioned to you about asking questions. So you might say, where are your shoes? Or did you find your shoes? And then the child starts thinking like, hmm, shoes. They trigger that part and they get to respond to that question because you're constantly asking the child questions. You want to make sure they comprehend what you just said. So it's not just about them understanding how to point to it. It's how they can understand what you gave them too. And that's always important. And you can never do enough of labeling things in your child's environment. So when you're around and you're just getting them dressed, you want to say things like, that's your shoe. That's a sock. And you want to also label things like, I'm brushing your hair. So you're constantly letting them know what's happening and what's going on in their environment. We might take this like, hey, I do this already. What's the big idea? What are you telling me now that I don't do already? Well, because you're involved with your child's development, you're making it to their level, and now they're understanding things because now I'm involved, and I'm not just assuming what's happening. And you're probably doing it, but you don't understand the purpose of doing it or why you need to do it so often or what 
what you're doing, how important that is in that child's development. And so this book helps you to figure out that you're not just saying things or doing things. You're incorporating these language and learning techniques to make sure that child is developing age appropriately. So we love that part. So we always encourage whatever you do, do it with your youngster. Example, like I said, brushing teeth, combing hair, um, putting your clothes on, um, riding in the car, watching TV. That's even important. Sometimes you're watching TV and you're not really interacting with your kid and you want to make sure, hey, did you see that? They were sleeping. Or did you see that? They're eating breakfast and making sure that you're doing that all the time. And so when we do that, we want to make sure that even when a child is like watching TV or even playing with their ball, they're playing with purpose. So I'm not just playing, but I have to play and I have a reason behind this play. And when I'm doing therapy, it's early intervention. They think you're just bringing a big old bag of toys in the home and you're just playing. Mm-mm. I have a goal behind all this playing. I know exactly what I'm trying to um, incorporate. I want to make sure this child is getting engaged. They're doing reciprocal play back and forth. They're engaging. I'm making sure they give me good eye contact. So we're engaging with that child to make sure that not only are we we're interacting with that toy, but I'm going to use these techniques, the same ones I gave you, to help them play with that toy. So let's take an example. Let's say you had a box. Every kid likes a box. I don't know. You can buy them all the expensive toys in the whole wide world. You give that child a box, they go crazy. So you're like, I got you all these toys. What am I going to do with this box to help that child? And so then, of course, you go back to those little seven things I gave you, which is called the Merrily model. The first one is modeling. You might point to the box and say, ooh, you see that box? You put your hand in the box. And they're putting their hand in the box, but now you're explaining to them what they're doing. So they don't realize they might be closing the box, or they might be banging on the box. And now you're saying to them, you're banging on the box, you're closing the box, you're putting a toy in the box. And they're like, so they're hearing you in the background saying exactly what they're doing. And of course, you're just saying it, but they're associating all of those things that you're talking about, how they can use language. And so they come back and say, when I'm doing this, mommy says this. So again, that association there. And then again, you might want to expand. So let's say they did get boxed. You might say, ooh. And you turn the box up down and say, ooh, empty box. Or you might say, ooh, big box. Or you might say, oh, that's your toy box. And so now you're describing and you're expanding on what you just said, which is always important to do, too. Um, and then, again, I, I mentioned to you about repetition. Say it over and over again. So you might say, oh, box, box, or big box, box. And so now we're seeing that word over and over and over again. And then the child understands, hmm, every time mommy touches this, she's saying box. And now we begin the understanding of this is box. And so when they start saying box, you get excited. Remember, we're doing the praise. Yay! And they're like, mommy's happy when I say that word. So he's going to associate or she's going to associate. When I do those two, those go together and mommy gets happy. And that's how language is developed when it comes to just playing with just a basic old box. And again, you and your youngster is doing it together. So you all are engaging, doing activities with a silly old box. But let's just say this, hey, you might say, hey, that's a box. But what do you do with an actual real toy? I got you. Let's just say a, a toy like a ball. 
you have a ball and you do the same thing. You might say, there's a ball and you name it. Ball. And now they say, when you do expansion, roll your ball. And the person might roll it back and forth. And that also gets them excited. And so they know, again, I'm going to be a ball. So now you have your child and they might come back and say, ball. And you do it again. You know what you do? You give them praise. You say, yay, you have a ball. And that's what you're going to do, that positive reinforcement, praising the ball. And they're going to be very excited about that part. So now we're going to go through those different stages. And these are just basic things that, again, I keep on saying, as a speech pathologist, we learn this stuff in school. We're doing this stuff already. But I wanted to make sure there was something that a parent who's working with their child who, 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 not, who have difficulties with that. So I want to kind of go back and say, why would I need to work with my child with this? There are different steps. As a speech pathologist, we do work with children who have delays or disorders. But then also there's this normal language development that some kids that are just developing, and you want to encourage that development. So they might not have a delay so much, but you want to make sure that you're listening this language and listening to these words so they can kind of enhance their overall development in the beginning. Um, and so I think this book is important, not just for children who have disorders or delays or they're not saying them, but just to make sure that when you have a child, they're using these basic concepts to expand and improve their language development. Um, so those are always important. But you have to remember, and I want to kind of go back to this, what stage that each child is. And so that would be something that in the book, I would very highly encourage you all to get it because it also talks about the different stages of where your child should be. And I broke it down to different stages of like the, the ripple and the waves. So if you've ever been in, a, in the ocean and you saw first there's a ripple, then there's a wave, then there's a splash, then there's a this. So there are different stages of that development. And that's just how it is with your child. They have different stages of development. You can't go to the next stage without you understanding what the first stage is. So that's very important to get that down and know what the stages are. And I thought that's important for you to know that where your child is. So if you have a two-year-old, I need you to know exactly where should your child be doing at a two-year-old stage so then you can kind of know where to go next. You never want to have a child that's at one year old and you're doing two-year-old stuff. Or we have a child at two-year-old and you're only doing six-month stuff. Knowing the developmental stage of that child is very important and working with that. So my kind of story with this whole book We've done many workshops, and when we do these workshops, parents come back, and they're getting it, they're kind of using it. So we use these techniques, and we say, okay, what did you learn from this? Because you might say, Paulette, you taught me all this information, but how does it really work, or what are parents really saying? And that's a good question, because I kind of wondered, too, how would parents take this book, and what would they really say afterwards? And I found that a lot of parents come back, and now they take ownership, so they're not just looking at me as a speech pathologist and saying, what are you doing? How are you helping my child? They're like, oh, now I can be a part of my child's development. Now I feel equipped to know I can do something too to work with the child. And it's not so much on you, the speech pathologist. It's more so on us as a holistic approach. What are we all doing? So this book can go with the grandma, the auntie, the daddy who wants to sit over there and watch TV sometimes and not be involved. You like, you put him in the book and say, Daddy, these are some techniques that you can use. And he's like, okay. And he uses them. And he's even surprised at how he's using this. And it's working. And this child is making progress. And that's all we really want.
we want these kids to make progress. And so with that being said, the parents are coming back and they're saying, I really feel like this book has helped me have a better understanding of where my child is, how I can get to the next level, and what stages I can do to get them to the next level. And so at the end of the workbook, which we make it very easy, we have them to write it down because there's nothing like just saying it. It's always about writing down what you see. Logging is important in life, period. We have to log everything. But documentation lets you know. So today, Johnny only said this, but next week, oh my goodness, Johnny is doing this now. And then next time they can look back and say, wow, yeah, I've made progress. Because I understand even when I do things like working out, I'm like, have I made any progress? And if I don't document it, I'll think I'm just doing this for nothing. But I am making progress when I see it actually written down and I can log it. So I give this the parent in the book a way to log it down. So now you know, not only is the child making progress, I get to see it. But at the end of this whole workbook, guess what you get? The parent gets the actual certificate. Oh, my goodness. You think kids like stickers? You don't know what parents love. Parents really like stickers. I was surprised. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. You're the biggest kid I know, but they do. They love stickers. And so this is not just it's not a sticker, though. This is an extra certificate. And they say, hey, you know what? You completed this task. You did it. You helped your child. You were an intricate part of this child development, and now Johnny can do what Johnny can do, and you made a difference. And it's not so much on the speech pathologist. It's more sense of a holistic approach. So I love that part about it because I would get many, many calls and saying, Paulette, he's just not making progress. Paulette, what else can I do? And so with this book, not only are we logging progress, but the parent has things they can do too. So it's a twofold. Not only are they looking at me like, what am I doing? I can look back at them and say, what are you doing? Are you helping out with your child development? Because it's not the teacher, it's not the therapist, it's you. How can you help improve and enhance that development? And we kind of put it together in a book. So my 25 years of working with these children, I have the bright idea. I'm like, Mm-mm, you're not going to put it all on me. We're going to make this a team, and I'm going to help you make it a team, and I'm going to put it together in a book which is this, we're going to make sure that we all work together, making sure, and my key name, I'm sorry, I always give my kids, the name is Johnny. Where I get Johnny from, don't ask me, but that's the kid's name I always use is Johnny. But we're going to make sure that Johnny is making the best advancements ever. So that's it, and that's how I make it happen. I love what I do. I'm passionate. And just in a summary um, summary of everything else, with that, not only do we do workshops and help parents, but we also offer therapy services um, in the Chicago area. We are in the city of Chicago, and we also in the suburb of Chicago. Uh, I started off working with early intervention and found out once a kid turns three years old, it wasn't too many options out there for them, what they can do after three. And we put them in this bucket and we're like, what else out there? And so I decided to open up a clinic. And the reason why I did that, because the carryover, we can't take them so far, but I would just leave them. And I'm like, oh, I want to work with more. I need more work with them. And with that, 
uh, ability to have a clinic, they can kind of carry over from after three years old to three to five to work inside of our clinic um, avenue. So you're saying, what's the difference between a clinic and a um, early intervention, good question. Um, the early intervention is really working with kids birth to three, so you catch them early. So we want to make sure during those primitive years is that we work on children's development. But after three, the state, my state, most states, they start off, they stop at three years old. But I feel like, of course, you should definitely go to three, six, and eight years old. But of course, that's only the pro um, the program for early intervention goes to three. So we want to make sure that we take them until they're eight years old to make sure that we get all the developmental milestones that they should have by that age. And that's how I, that's my business. That's what I do. That's my love. That's my passion. Um, I, I, I really would say that's my purpose. I think we all have a ministry, and my ministry is working with children, working with the parents, educating them so they could be empowered um, working with their children, and the progress goes back to them. It's not me. It's not the therapy. It's you, what you're doing. So I can open up for any questions, but I know I'm, I talk a lot because I'm so passionate about what I love and what I do, so I can kind of keep talking all day long. And usually I would ask questions in between, but I'm like, uh-uh. I'm going to take this 20 minutes. I'm going to give it all I got, and then now I ask you all. Anyone have any questions for me? Yes, and so I, I will basically present the questions on behalf of the team on this evening for because we're on Facebook Live, we're also on Zoom. Some people are on Podbean. And so just to reiterate, want to make sure that if someone wants to order the, the book, Merrily Model, can you give us again the information so how we could get that get those materials, resources to families? Yes, so Merrily Model is um, available on Amazon, and it's just that you would Google Merrily Model, um, and that's, but Merrily, um, and then they will find it on that booklet. Um, it's the only book out there called Merrily Model, so it wouldn't be any competition. It's underneath my maiden name, Paulette Y. Robinson, not Paulette Gully, but it's definitely easy to uh, research and search for it through Amazon only at this time. Okay, and something else before we close, we would also I, I want to read some statistics and see what your thoughts are, um, Paulette, on this evening. You don't mind if I refer to you as Paulette and you can refer to me as Andrea uh, so we can keep this this rolling tonight. But we really want to encourage uh, this is National Speech and Hearing Month uh, in our schools, high schools, middle schools. We really want our teachers to uh, begin to talk about professions, careers. And oftentimes we're here about some students may not want to go to college, a four year university, but we want to make sure that they are career and technical ready. Uh, so some may want to go to uh, technical school or they may want to start off at a community college. And so when we look at the statistics for speech pathologists, and so you mentioned, uh, Paulette, that you started off, I believe it was Texas Southern University. Did they have the program at Texas Southern uh, for communicative sciences and disorders? They did. They did, and that's how I found out about it. Um, I was like, I was in psychology major initially, and they, um, a girlfriend of mine, introduced me to communication science and disorders through my undergrad program.
Yes. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. And so when we are preparing, hopefully this uh, this live will get in the hands of uh, some young people, some people in high school, maybe some college students who just don't quite know what it is that they want to do. And they are passionate. You may be passionate about uh, service, uh, service area. Maybe you want to help people. And a lot of times, you know, some of our students may go into human service fields, but we want you to consider the field and the profession of speech language pathology, especially people of color. When looking at statistics, there are over 117,000 speech pathologists, and, and the, the data may be a little skewed here, um, currently employed in the United States. 88.1% of speech pathologists are women. 11.9% uh, are men. So we need some men of color uh, as speech language pathologists, uh, not just a physical therapist and occupational therapist and audiologist, uh, medical doctor, but we need some uh, brown people, people of color thinking about this field. Uh, so the average age of an employee speech pathologist is 39 years of old, and that means we need more younger people coming into the field so that when you look around in, in your classrooms, when you see someone in early intervention, there will be someone, parents, who looks like you. Uh, also, the most common ethnicity of speech pathologists is Caucasian, 77% uh, followed by Hispanic or Latino, 9%. 0.5% and black or African American 4.9% and Asians 4.5%. We need all of us in the profession oh, to make a difference, to make a difference. Sometimes children come in our therapy rooms and they want to see somebody that looks like them, uh, that they that's relatable. They feel like they can relate to them. And so we want to encourage people in honor of National Speech and Hearing Month to consider uh, the field, the profession of speech language pathology. Uh, we believe that communication and speech and language is our superpower. Now, Paulette said tonight that this is her passion. She's passionate about it. She believes she said this is her purpose. This is her ministry. And so if you notice, the Children and Education Families uh, Circle is a part of Mount Olive Ministries. And we want to do ministry different. We, we want it to look a little bit different here in Mount Olive. So we are, we've launched a global initiative for the ministry. And that's the reason we were not just looking for a speech pathologist in Virginia, uh, because speech and language is everywhere. Speech and language is global. We can find speech and language in the kingdom of God. You can find speech and language in the scripture. And so uh, if you've been connecting with us for a while, we've been talking about having a kingdom worldview, which is a biblical worldview in everything we do. It's in every profession, every profession. And so we really appreciate uh, Paulette Gully tonight being our guest presenter, giving of her time, sharing the resources. And so for those of you who we communicate with, we have your email. We are pushing the information out to you, distributing this information on the Merrily Model 
I love that. And I, I, I was able to listen tonight. I was taking notes of some people probably looking at me, move uh, my head to the side. Uh, she really talked about modeling, modeling. So parents hold on to that, that in the kitchen, we can model. When she talked about watching TV, when we're watching TV, we can model language for our children. She also talked about expanding, expanding on what it is that we say, uh, offering descriptions. She talked about associations. She also uh, talked about repetition and maximizing each moment, maximizing every moment with our child. Uh, positive reinforcements, positive reinforcements, and labeling and naming objects in our natural environment. This has been wonderful tonight. And so again, hopefully you, your takeaway this evening is that there are things that you can do as a parent with your child in the home. Uh, so we want you to make sure that you go out right now. You should be searching, getting on Amazon. Almost everybody has an Amazon account now. And you want to make sure you go on and purchase that Merrily model. Mrs. Uh, Gully, Paula uh, Gully is going to close us out. But before she does, just something else I wanted to reiterate tonight. She talked specifically, gave us examples about activities to encourage speech and language development. She even went through the normal uh, normal language development, starting with birth to two years. I'll just give an example. Uh, for example, respond when your baby laughs and makes a face, make the same face back to them. Two to four year old, she's talked tonight about speaking clearly to our children, our babies, and to model. There it is again, that modeling, to model good speech. Also, four to six years. Pay attention. Pay attention, mommies, grandmommies, dads, uncles, siblings. Pay attention to our little ones, our sisters, brothers, when they are talking. When our child is talking, we want to pay attention to their speech. So again, thank you for joining us tonight. We will make this the podcast available to you. We're going to post it here. We'll share it with uh, Paulette so that she can share it on her page and push it out. Uh, we'll share it also on my personal page. That's A.H. Leonard. Tonight we're streaming live on Mount Olive Franklin and Podbean. So we're going to push all of this information out to you. Again, we want to say thank you, Paulette, uh, for giving up your time, for your willingness tonight. And I'd like to say that's good preaching. Uh, she just ministered to us tonight. That's good preaching. And we can all say amen to that. And so we're going to have Paulette close us out in your own way. Just thank you so much for this opportunity. Um, just to, I, sometimes behind over walls, you know how they say um, you have to just broadcast information. I'm here within the Chicago area, and now I'm and even talking to people in Virginia. And you never know, North Carolina, that's right, Michigan. And so that's always important. I talked to someone before, and they said your ministry is not just right here. You never know where it might be. So where I'm talking to you all, I think. God, that it, it goes into some good hands, and not just that for these parents um, to take this information, and I, if I can just help more children, then that's it, and so if I've helped you today with either your profession of being a speech pathologist or being a, a parent who's working with a child and you're not for sure what to do, then I thank God that I was able to help you, or if I was an encouragement and you say, hey, I never thought about being a speech pathologist, and that sounds pretty cool. I wouldn't mind going into that profession. And then I also thank God that I encourage you with that because this profession is so boss and so you can do anything. Like I said before, we work with children, but I want to make sure that I understand that you can work with adults. 
you can work with um, senior citizens up to, so we go from zero to 99. Where, and hey, you live past 99, we go past that too. <laughs> so that's an amazing field that we're in. Yes. So whatever I helped you out, I just thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of this um, program. And I thank Andrea for even inviting me again. I can't tell you enough. She kind of made me stretch outside of my comfort zone. I told her that when she called me, I said, <laughs> but I, I, I knew then that that was God's calling yes. um, for her to call me. And I, uh, I take his calling very well. And I want to make sure that if you call me, God, I want to be there. I might not always think I'm ready, but I'm going to be there. And so today I thank you all for inviting me here and being a part of this program. And thank you. Thank you. So tonight, as we close, we release our faith in words. And first, we'd like to do that uh, on behalf of Paulette Gully and PYR services and her staff, her family. So Father, we thank you for Paulette this evening, for her business, which now we understand it is also her purpose, her passion, and her ministry. We speak the blessing uh, and favor of you, Father, over her life, and that the precious power of the spirit life of the word will continue to guide her, lead her in every endeavor. We thank you for those parents that have joined us this evening. We thank you now, Father, for the spirit life of the word that will continue to comfort, to continue to give peace, to continue to guide in every area of our parenting. We thank you and we give you praise. We pray according to Psalms 91 as we close. Thank you for giving your angels charge over us to keep us in all of our ways. No evil shall befall us, neither shall any plague come near our dwelling. This is our prayer. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you again, Paulette, uh, for participating and being willing to be a presenter on this evening. Many blessings to you. Many blessings on your business. Thank you so much. Have a good evening. Thank you. Thank you.